Philippians chapter 4. Let's read verses 1 down through verse 9. Oh, I love the. I hope you've enjoyed this book, this study. I'm not sure where we'll go next. I'm still praying about some things. But uh, we've got probably two, maybe three more sermons here. Philippians 4, begin reading verse number 1. Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, and longed for my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. <clears throat> I beseech ye, I beseech Eudeus, and beseech Sinchi, that they be of the same mind in the Lord. And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with my other fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men, the Lord is at hand. Be careful, or that word means be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, Whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And the God of peace shall be with you. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word of God. We ask you to bless now as we open up the scripture and as we share a little bit from the word of God. Lord, help us tonight have a clear thought, clear mind. I pray for those that are watching. I pray that they'll get a blessing and those that are here get a blessing. I pray for our children and all of our workers next door. I pray that you'll help them. I pray the gospel is being presented. I know it is. And I pray there'll be some children, uh, some child, a boy or a girl, uh, get saved, Lord, through the gospel being presented. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Benjamin. I appreciate that. Uh, this is week number 11, or uh, sermon number 11, here from the book of Philippians. And if you remember, I've said it over and over and over about the different mindsets that Paul is sharing with us. Chapter 1, we looked at the single mind that's focused on Jesus. Chapter 2, we looked at the submissive mind. Chapter 3, he mentions the spiritual mind. And now in chapter 4, we're looking at the secure mind. Paul is telling the church of Philippi something that we all need to learn. And I've titled this message, Conquering the Greatest Joy Stealer. Somebody give me a guess of what the greatest joy stealer is. Joy stealer. Somebody, come on. Well, okay, you're good and you're good. That's not what I'm looking for. Worry. Worry. Worry is a joy stealer. We're going to look at that tonight about worry. Uh, what is worry? What is it? The Greek word means careful, anxious. In 4.6, it talks about being pulled in different directions. The English root word for worry means to strangle. Oh, we all worry. There's not one person that doesn't worry. Some worry more than others. My grandmother, bless her, I loved her to death, but she worried when she didn't have anything to worry about. And she'd call my mom and she'd say, the kid's okay. Mom said, yeah, as far as I can tell. 
We hadn't heard from them. Well, not since like three hours ago. Well, I hope everything's okay. You know, that was just her mindset, I guess. But worry gets all of us. There's days that we worry more than we should. And the Apostle Paul is telling us and sharing with us some things that will help us worry less. I'm not going to say not worry. I'm going to say worry less. The first thing Paul shares with us is praying that is correct. Praying that is correct. Look in verse 6. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Now, Paul just didn't write down, pray about it. No, he was too wise for that, and the Holy Spirit didn't lead him that way. He, he shared three different uh, avenues of prayer, if you will. The word prayer is general, making your requests made known to God. But there's three things that he brings out in verse 6. First of all, we see adoration is what is needed. We must, when we pray, he says, be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Adoration, too often, I, I can't speak for you, but too often, I rush into my prayer time. I got to get this done. I got to pray. I got to get this out of the way. I hope y'all don't do that. But we rush into our prayer time. We rush into our prayer closet when we should be, before we even start, we ought to say, Lord, our Father, which art in heaven, you follow the model prayer, the Lord's prayer, hallowed be thy name. Before they did anything else, Jesus said, Here's what you got to say. Here's the direction you got to go. Our Father which art in heaven, adoration is what is needed. We rush into the presence. We tell him our needs. But the second step is supplication. And that's an earnest sharing of our needs and our problems. There is no place for half-hearted prayers. Say what's on your mind. I told you last week what I did. I said exactly what was on my mind and I prayed to God exactly what I was feeling. Because here's the thing. He knows anyway. He knows. He wants to hear from his children. I've said it over and over again. We have an understanding in our family. If it's bad, call dad. So anytime my phone rings, it says, Caleb. I said, oh, no. Christmas. A few days after Christmas, we'd bought him and Morgan a TV several months before Christmas. It was in a box sitting in the back room. He loads it up. He gets it home and he calls me. I said, oh, what happened? He said, dad, all I did was open the box and it was shattered in a million pieces. They took it back and got a new one. But the, the fact is when it's bad, they call me. Mom gets the good stuff. You talked to Caleb today? Uh, no. Have you? Uh, yeah, okay, then everything's okay. But, you know, uh, supplication. The, the Lord wants to hear from us other than when we need something. Y'all hearing me? I like to be around my kids now most of the time. I like to hear from them most of the time. We were with them all weekend, it seemed like. But I enjoyed listening to them, listening to, to uh, Morgan, and they may be watching. She's about to finish school, and she's excited. And listening to Caleb tell about what's going on. Seth's getting cranked up at school and all this. And I enjoy that. Don't you think the Lord 
wants to hear from us other than when we need something. Just every once in a while, hey, Lord, yeah, I just want to say I appreciate everything you've done for me. There's a song. I, I can't think of the song. Calvary's the reason why is the song I'm thinking about. And that's what that song says. But supplication, adoration. And then thirdly, Paul says there in verse 6, he says, thanksgiving. Let your request, and with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. I'm not going to read the scripture, but in Luke 17, 11 through 19, it's the story of the lepers. And the lepers were healed. And the lepers were healed, but only ten, or 10 of them, but only one turned around and said, thank you. We need to spend more time thanking God and less time asking God. He wants us to ask. We have not because we ask not. Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. But where we lack, or I lack, is just simply saying thank you. Yeah, it's hot, but you know what? It's cool in here. There's places in the world, uh, one of our missionaries, Josh Hill, they're in an outside little meeting place when they meet. It's probably hot. Bugs. I hadn't seen a bug yet. Y'all hearing me? Thanksgiving. And Paul is saying that. And the more thankful we are for what we have, the less worrying we will do. Spiritual mind. We're talking about, or the uh, secure mind. We're talking about being secure. When you think of secure, when you think of our minds focused, think of Daniel in Daniel chapter 6. Daniel was told in Daniel 6 not to pray. He was told not to pray. There's a, there's a great message there, uh, but I'm just going to say he was told not to pray. But you know what he did? He didn't do anything out of the ordinary. He did what he always did. He went, he opened his windows, he opened his doors, he faced Jerusalem and he prayed three times a day, just like he always did. He wasn't scared, he wasn't worried. He had a peace, as we're going to see, that passes all understanding. I think Brother Darrell preached on that last Wednesday. That peace that he had, he knew the outcome. He knew that if he prayed and he was caught, he's going to go see the lions. But he had a peace, and that comes through prayer. Victory. Don't you want to? So many Christians live in defeat. I want to live in victory. Because we can live in victory because we serve Jesus. Are y'all with me tonight on this Wednesday night? A praying that's correct, but let's look at thinking that's correct. Verse 8. Well, this is some great verses right here. But in Isaiah 26, 3, it says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusts in thee. Wrong thinking leads to wrong feeling. And before long, the heart and mind are pulled apart in different directions. They're strangled, if you will. But we need to, every day, when I, part of my prayer... I probably reveal more than I should, but every single day when I pray, I said, Lord, give me a clear mind. Because it's easy to go into your prayer closet full of the world's troubles, full of all the problems, full of all of the decisions, 
full of all the things that are running around in your mind, Lord, I need a clear mind. Because when I go to the throne, there's a few things that I feel we all need to do. We need to pray and ask the Lord to forgive us because I'm sure there's something we have done. And then, Lord, give us a clear mind. And then you can adore the Lord. Then you can go into your prayer and say, Lord, it's me. It's me and I have a need. But thinking that is correct. Here in verse 8, uh, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true. Paul spells it out in detail. He says, first of all, whatever's true. I read this, don't know how true it is, but a reports indicated that 8% of the things that we worry about, we can control. 92% of the things that we worry about, we can't control. Traffic, I hate it. Weather, we can't control those things. Other people, their decisions, their choices, we can't do that. We need to be focused on things that are true. Because you know what the devil likes to do? He likes to throw out lies. Doesn't he? He likes to throw out lies. I got a verse for him too, the old rascal, John 8, 44. Ye of are your father, ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Who needs to be in control of our mind? The Holy Spirit. Every single day. I always, I always think of this when I think of this area of, of the word of God. And when you can go to Ephesians to look at the armor, I think of our, my pastor. He used to talk about putting on the armor like you're putting on your clothes. Put on Jesus like you're putting on your breeches. Put on Jesus like you're putting on your shirt. Put on Jesus like you're putting on your shoes. Let him be in control of your mind. Because when you start your day, you don't know what's going to happen over the next 8, 10, 12 hours. You don't have any idea. You've got a thought. You're going to go to work. You're going to do this or that. But you don't know. But see, the devil, he likes to stay active. He likes to stay active. He likes to stir the pot, if you will. But Paul is saying, let's focus on the things that are true. The Holy Spirit will control our mind. And then he goes on and talks about whatever things are honest and just. This means worthy of respect and right. Let's not get so upset about the unpleasant things. The things that we don't like. There's a lot of things I don't like in this world. There's a lot of things when I'm, I'm so thankful Benny's no longer fasting, but that makes my day when I can see what he eats. You weren't here, son. I couldn't pick on you. But if I scroll and I see some fool on there, I just keep scrolling. You know, it's really easy. Just keep scrolling. But we have so many people that get so hot and bothered to watch news, whatever brand you like. Sit there and watch the news and just get so upset. They get control and turn it off. Turn it off. Because those things we really cannot control. Whatever is honest and just. Then Paul goes on to talk about whatever is pure, lovely, and of good report. I believe this is referring to moral purity. 
Since the people here were constantly attacked with impure things, lovely, beautiful, attractive, of good report, there are so many good things going on in our world. We were watching the Little League World Series, been watching it all week. Whether you like ball or not, it doesn't matter. These, the, these kids are playing their hearts out. Some of these kids are fight, fighting and clawed their way. And, you know, there's a lot of good things right there to watch, to see these kids giving their all. There's a lot of good things you can look around in our community. You can hear of, of this one that did this or this one that did that. Let's focus on the good things because there are good things in this world. Are y'all hearing me tonight? Whatever possess uh, virtue and praise, if it has virtue, it will motivate us to do better. If it has praise, it's worth lifting up others. No Christian can afford to waste our mind power, hear me out, on people that do nothing but tear us down. What did I say a few weeks ago? Get them out of your head. Don't let them take up residence in your head. They have no business there. They have no business there. Don't give them any more time than you need. Don't waste mind power. Now, when you look at um, Psalm 19, 7 through 9, it's really parallel to what we just read here in verse 8. Psalm 17 or Psalm 19, 7 through 9. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statues of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgment of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. If we will fill our mind and our heart with the things of God we'll be better off. Because when you read the word of God, and I mean, let it pour into you on a daily basis. Pour into it, read it. Get a hold of some good devotions. I get three or four every morning through an email. I get Charles Stanley, I know he's gone, but he still, they still put out good things. Adrian Rogers, I know he's gone. They still put out the good things. And David Jeremiah and our daily bread, all four of those I get every morning. Get them through your email if you have email. Read them. Read them. Read the Word of God. Study the Word of God. It'll help you because we need to be saturated. Right thinking comes from a daily devotion and a meditation on the Word of God. And then number three, we see praying that's correct, thinking that's correct, and then we see living that is correct. You cannot separate outward action and inward attitude. You can't do it. Verse 9, he balances four activities. He said, learned and received, heard and seen. Now listen to this right here. I wrote it down. It's one thing to learn a truth, but quite another to receive it inwardly and make it a part of your inward person. It's one thing to learn something from the word of God. But it's another thing to let it get inside of you. 
Get inside of your mind. Get inside of your heart. A living that is correct. 1 Thessalonians 2.13. For this cause also we thank God without ceasing because when you received the word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. It's all right to have head knowledge. There's a lot of people that sit on our pews every week to have head knowledge. But it's another thing to have heart knowledge. We can read this and read this till we know it from front to back, cover to cover. But it's another thing to live what the Bible says. Reading it's great. Living it is another thing altogether. James 1.22 says, Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. But at any given Sunday, people sit in a church, any church. And they'll hear it. And they'll go off the door and that's as far as it'll go. We need to put into practice scripture i can't stress that enough we need to put this in to practice we can find god's will for our life when we do these things now he talks about uh we can find peace the peace of god is what we can find we can find the peace of god in our lives by walking with the lord look in verse number seven and the peace of god which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. How is it in some of the hardest times of our lives we can have peace? How is it that you face some of the hardest moments that you faced, but you have peace? Why? How is that? It's a peace that passes all understanding, and it comes from the Lord. You're not going to find peace in this world. We can't even get along. You're not going to find peace out in this world. But that peace comes from God. It's a peace that passes all understanding. I've been asked before, they say on the job, how do you, with all that's going on in the world, how can you still have peace? I said, because my peace is not in the world. My peace is in God. There's that peace of God. There's that peace in God. And then there's that peace with God. Uh, Verse 7, peace that passes all understanding. When the bottom is falling out of our lives, how can we still have peace? It's hard. It's not easy, but we can have it because we have the Lord that's right there with us. Amen? Peace. Peace. Wonderful peace. Coming down from the Father above, sweep over my spirit forever I pray. And billows, fathomless billows of love. Why is worry the greatest joy stealer? Way back when we started this series, this through the Bible, through the book of Philippians, I talked about the joy stealers. One of them is other people. Boy, we could preach three or four years on that. Because there's people, and I'm not just talking about world, I'm talking about people, church people. I'm not going to call them, well, anyway. They can steal our joy, Connie. You know how? Because we let them get in our mind. There's a bunch of folks that I have just done that. 
and said, Lord, I can't. I can't worry about what they're doing or saying about me. God knows the truth. God knows my heart. Worry, worry, uh, other people, worry. But along the lines of joy stealing, there's old, the old devil. He likes to lurk. I can remember many years ago when we were at Sequoia, it was the second or third year of Brother David's ministry, and I'm alongside of him. We're rocking and rolling. The Lord's blessing. People are getting saved. That thing is building up like crazy. And he's standing there one day. I said, what's wrong with you? He said, no, nothing's wrong. I'm just finding the corner where the devil's going to hang out. And he was always trying to be a step ahead. Can we do that? Sure. Sure we can. We can try to be a step ahead. Because, see, the devil lurks. He lurks. And he uses people in the church. Yeah, I've seen it many, many times. Don't be that person. When you come into church this Sunday, we're going to be preaching on worship. Worship. A church that worships. And I want you, and I'll put this out for everybody else. I want everybody to come in here Sunday with a clear mind and ready to worship the Lord. Because when we come in here, that should be our goal. Not who's got on what, who's doing this or who's doing that, but to worship the Lord. You want peace in your life? Comes to worship. Because he's worthy. We're going to talk about that Sunday. But the greatest joy stealer, I believe, in our life and conquering that joy stealer is through peace. It's through peace. Peace, peace, wonderful peace. In verse 9, Paul said, Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. I don't know that we'll finish the rest of it next week. It might take two more weeks, but... I wonder, what are you, what is consuming your life right now? What is it that is in your mind 24 hours a day, seven days a week? What is it that is moving your focus away from the Lord? Paul said, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, we need to always be looking to him. If we're looking to him, all these things that are around us, they really won't matter because we're looking to the author, the perfecter, the creator of our faith. We're looking at the author and finisher, the one that created it, the one that perfected it. We're looking at him. And I go back to Peter. Peter, as long as his thought, his eyes were on Jesus, what happened? He walked on water. We can do a lot of things if our mind is focused on Jesus. Let me ask you to bow your heads for prayer. Maybe tonight you're worried about something. Maybe tonight you're worried about a decision that you have to make or have made. Hey, we're all, we're all in that boat. Many of us. Here and here tonight or watching have made decisions and have made decisions and will make more decisions. But the best thing that we can do, and I've heard it over and over and over, is give it to God. Just give it to him. 
Give it to him. All things work together for the good of them that love God and them called according to his purpose. Whatever you're facing in your life, whatever it is going on in your life, whatever it is, whether you're watching or you're in here tonight or you're watching later, give it to God.